Welcome back. I'm Ariana with the Blissy Experience. Today we are talking to a sleep enthusiast, a sleep entrepreneur. I know I'm very excited for this conversation. Please help me welcome Alec Tremaine. Hi, Alec. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks it. for coming. Good so I'm so excited to dive into your background and also the company that you work with, Slumber. I know you've been helping people sleep since 2019. I believe over 50,000 people you've helped improve their sleep. Is that right? That's right. That's yeah. incredible. So first, tell me a little bit about your background and then why you were drawn to working with the Slumber team. Great question. So I've, uh, like like many people, I think, in this tech age, uh, started in the, the digital marketing space. So mm-hmm. I spent about 10 to 12 years running my own agency, building websites, mm-hmm. and was approached by brands. Every digital you know, small company, when they start, has a great idea and a great product, but mm-hmm. they want to make that louder. And this brand came along, and um, I started. I met uh, the co-founder of Slumber, Rich Barnes, and immediately hit it off. I was like, okay, this is in Colorado, right? The the epicenter of you know alternative wellness, hemp, cannabis, all sure. these things. And met him, and it you know was like two peas in a pod, and awesome. uh, decided to actually started to amplify their experience through the digital web. And from wow. there, um, sales have grown 300% year over year, and wow. we're moving. Yeah. Okay, all right. So obviously, it resonated with you on a personal level, but then also the fact that you know they were resonating with so many customers so quickly. So what do you think about Slumber in terms of how it helps people in a unique way? So slum- Slumber at, at its core, I, we kind of call ourselves a boutique health and wellness, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, we believe that all, all roads in life start with a good night's sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, or better days, right? Have to have a good night's sleep no yeah. matter what. So um, as far as what resonated me the most, uh, within that digital agency and the digital marketing experience, I basically lived, you know, my, my second wife was my computer screen, yeah. right? So like yeah. I am constantly in front of my computer and it's lonely, it's isolating, it's not very human. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I got sucked into this there's benefits and there's negatives, but I got sucked into this concept of the hustle culture. Sure. <laughs> and for, for me, sleep was like, oh, this is a really easy thing for me to cut back on uh-huh. and get more out of my day job or more out of my work. Yeah. And what then we I realized, think is more, yeah, right? You, you think In it's more. Exactly. And that's the thing is the hustle culture is great. I think a lot of people promoted it. But at the end of the day, if you're going to cut things, don't cut sleep. Right. Yeah. Like that's the one thing. Cut a little bit of time with friends if you have to. Sure. Cut a little bit of time away from, you know, other extracurricular activities. Mm. But if you're going to focus on one thing as mm. the foundation of health, it has to be sleep. Now, you mentioned, you know, cutting sleep last, basically, you know, in terms of like health and wellness, would you say to sacrifice even some of your gym time? I mean, you seem like a fit person. Is it like if you are only going to get four hours of sleep because you have to make it to the gym, would you still choose sleep? <laughs> Good question. So um, on my on my wrist for the last eight months or so, I, I wear a whoop. Uh, many of our the summer team members wear a whoop. Mm. Whether it's a whoop, an, an aura ring device, something to track it, the correlation between bad sleep and recovery, mm. you go to the gym and you're sleep deprived or you frankly do anything when you're sleep deprived, it's not going to have the best output. Mm-hmm. Um, and until wearing the whoop, I realized that I was, I was really taxing my body in HIIT classes and CrossFit classes. Mm-hmm. And then just assuming that, oh yeah, six hours is enough or seven hours yeah. is enough. But you don't realize that that toll in the gym actually is going to increase the amount of time that you actually need to sleep. So right. I wake up out of a, of a CrossFit, you know, or come out of a CrossFit class and my whoop's like, hey, you need nine hours. Oh, so it tells you proactively, like you need X amount of hours of sleep in For order to recover. recovery, exactly. Wow. And at first you're like, okay, the data's got it used to me. And then you start following those protocols a little bit and taking that extra time. Mm-hmm. And the results have been fantastic. 
Wow. Wow. So as far as getting your nine hours of sleep, I know that fortunately, I think it's becoming a little more normalized because I'm with you the last 10 years or so, like hustle culture was everything. It was like, if you're not hustling, then you're never going to make it in this world. Yeah, Sleep when you're dead, you know, especially at our age, our generation is kind of like, ah, you know, you can kind of do that later. So how do you feel like it's actually or has it improved your efficiency and your efficacy in your waking hours while you're working? Good, good question. So I think the there's a one of the common misconceptions about sleep is that duration is the most important part, right? Mm. What the most important thing is going to be the quality of which you're sleeping versus the duration. So mm. you can go to bed and sleep for quote unquote eight eight to nine hours and actually have bad scores and still not really get the proper output sure. of the sleep. I think we've all been there, right? Where it's like, 100%. I got eight hours of sleep. Why do I still why feel do, fatigued? Why do, I, why do fatigued? I still have brain fog? Yeah. And that that feeling, just because you're spending time in bed doesn't mean you're you're actually hitting all four of those cycles. Yeah. And one of the things that we really are focusing on slumber is not necessarily, everybody talks about REM, right? Yeah. Um, but really what we're focusing on is, is deep sleep. Um, and, okay. And that deep sleep for, for the average frankly, probably a little bit more than average human, two hours is pretty much your threshold for mm, deep sleep. Like that per is night. per night. Okay. Some people are stoked, you know, some people we look at some report and they're at 35 minutes or 45 minutes. And if we can get them from 35, 45 minutes to about an hour or so, that's a huge win for us. Wow. And a lot of people assume like, oh, I had deep sleep. It was all six, eight hours. That's maybe an alien or somebody else. They're right. not doing a full. Not how it works. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about the difference between deep sleep and REM. So in in REM we have you know four stages, right? So you got you know phase one, which is basically your eyes are starting to tire. It's your body's natural transition from awake to asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you move into stage two. Your body's you know your um, alpha waves are starting to happen. You're starting to slowly move into that phase and then you move into uh, deep sleep before REM cycles right so that deep sleep is a restorative sleep Mm. Um, brain waves everything is really 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 low incredibly um, hopefully as a healthy person you have very very long deep breaths right Mm -hmm. and then from there you move into REM and what's interesting about REM a lot of people say like god I had so many vivid dreams and on scans we know when someone's in REM sleep their mind is almost as active as it is when they're actually awake oh your mind is just all over the place but it's important but that deep sleep cycle you know you have so many things your your brain during deep sleep is actually expanding and Mm. contrasting at the same time you have um uh, basically cerebral spinal fluid that's washing over your your brain and actually kind of working like a detoxifying you know uh, garbage disposal almost sure. right so you have your uh, uh, glial cells or what's the process of of, of gl- uh, glia which is actually your brain literally detoxifying itself and repairing itself and that is probably one of the most important phases of deep sleep because mm-hmm. as you start to shorten that sleep cycle mm-hmm. right your brain's not actually going through that cycle properly so then you're saying, okay, well, now my synapses are not properly going through this. And there's so much science literature that I don't even know on the depths of it. <laughs> but ultimately, that when that deep cycle starts to shorten, when it comes to morning fog is is the quicker symptom. Long term, you go into dementia, you, uh, dementia, you mm. go into Alzheimer's, you go into so many risks long term. Sure. You need that full deep sleep cycle uh, yeah. to properly survive. Which really drives home the point that it's not, you know, sleep later in life, you know, like, oh, you're hustling right now, you're building your career, you might have kids, you're partying, you're traveling, you know, that that really, in order to have, you know, a good next chapter in life, you're kind of preparing for it now. Yes, uh, 100%. And I think, I think one of the things that 
I love that sleep is becoming trendy. Um, yeah. And those that are watching this, um, <laughs> many people I'm sure are aware of Andrew Huberman and what he's done for bringing incredibly good information to mm. the masses. And I think the beauty of that is people are starting to realize that through little bits of optimization. And I know I, I mm. laugh with my wife like on a Friday night. I will look at a little bit of alcohol um, and I don't drink a lot at all anymore. But when I do, I know for a fact I'm going to have a direct negative correlation to sleep. Absolutely. And I make that decision. But as fun as it is with friends, I, I do look at that alcohol saying, this is this is going to affect the sleep for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So there is a trend where people are starting to be a little more conscious and aware mm-hmm. where, yeah, that as fun it is to go out and have pizza late at night, 1030 at night, no one wants to be laying horizontally while digesting, right? So I yeah. think people are starting to eat a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can get into some fun sleep you know, tactics and things like that. Too, Absolutely. That I have to ask, you were mentioning how our brain does so much work while we're sleeping. We're detoxing, yeah. we're processing, we're cleansing. So I'm curious, I know you're married. I've always heard the traditional wisdom of don't go to bed angry. So if you're in the middle of an argument with your partner, it's like, you got to work it out before you allow yourselves <laughs> to lay down and go to sleep. And I'm just curious, you know, knowing how important sleep is to think clearly, to communicate clearly, do you abide by that wisdom or would you just say, hey, babe, let's pause here and talk about it tomorrow? So that is such a good question. Um, and as much as I'm an advocate for sleep, I would say my wife and I are in totally different terms, right? So she is definitely the let's sleep on it. And I've always been the person like, let's get this done oh, and let's okay. talk about it. So, but bringing that back full circle, and I don't think I've actually given this thought before, <laughs> I would probably recommend, yes, park it um, yeah. <laughs> and wait till the morning. I think the biggest thing is is why people are woken up in the middle of the night, right? Or can't fall asleep, tends to be stress anxiety. That's true. So I think pre-bed, find comfort with your Mm. your loved one or significant other and just say, hey, like, I love you, I support you, we're on the same team, we're on the same page. Let's take a deep breath and deal with it in the morning. Yeah. That way you get some general closure-ish for that and then do it in the morning. Um, Love that. All things are just harder with bad sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, every, the world just doesn't feel as motivated. It almost feels like when you when you wake up and you've had a bad night's sleep, the world, just, everything feels like it's against you. The red lights are longer. Yes. Um, like sounds like Everyone's every, a terrible driver. Everything's a bad driver. <laughs> and then you have a good night's sleep and you're like, hey, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. I'm breathing. I'm alive. I'm thankful. Life I'm grateful. is beautiful. Life is great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of the couple thing, when you and your wife moved in together, was that an adjustment? What What is it like to kind of get used to the way that your partner sleeps and how to still ensure that you're getting good sleep? Okay. Good, good question. Um, <laughs> I'm 6'4". Uh, my wife is 5'6". So okay. her coming into my bed, no big deal. Uh, it was like a pillow, right? Yeah. Uh, me coming to her bed was a very large obstacle that has been yeah. placed there. So big uh, new factor. Big, yeah. So I'm usually I will end up diagonal. I'm taking up oh. most of the California King just because of my size. Right. That makes sense for sure. But there is definitely an adjustment. Um, I think sleeping with a partner there is definitely time. Um, we had a queen for a long time and then we went to a cow king just so I actually could fit. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think temperature wise was an adjustment for us. Is mm. like I love I love to snuggle. I love to feel you know my partner next to me. But temperature wise, we're totally different. Um, uh. I love to sleep cold. So that extra heat to me, like my body needs to be cold. So I think we, mm-hmm. we snuggle and then we. We go to our separate sides and then kind of do our thing. And then we usually regroup in the morning. Yeah, which I think is a great way to go anyway, because, you know, we were chatting a little earlier about how if you are snuggling all night, that 
might feel really, you know, cozy and really fun. But at the same time, if your partner starts to stir, then that can pull you maybe out of your deep sleep cycle. So how do you recommend that couples go about the snuggle separate snuggle? I would say everybody's definitely going to be different on that side for sure. Um, I know uh, personally, a lot of times sleep positions based on, you know, pain or relief. So that mm. could be a little bit of back stiffness. That could be the need of a ne- uh, knee pillow. I have a bad shoulder, so mm. I can only be on that side for so long. Yeah. No doubt someone moving your body realistically. Sometimes when you're in those deep, deep sleeps, you know, when someone's like a, a train could hit my, my building and <laughs> yeah. I don't know I'm there. Right. Um, that's okay. But realistically, any movement in your bed is going to wake you up. And then that cycle, you have to drop back in. So Dropping back in for people can be very challenging. Um, It's one Mm. thing we notice with slumber when we're dealing with their customers is that they'll they'll send us an email or write us a review. And that's one thing they love is they can actually get up, go to the bathroom and then drop back in naturally, um, which has really been beneficial. And that's a lot of the times with some of the the hemp products we're using, we find that the body is just naturally moving into a more relaxed and calm state, Mm -hmm. which then helps them go back in. So if the partner does move around, you'll usually be able to reset pretty quickly. Well, let's talk more about slumber. I know it's hemp-based. Tell me more about what CBN is, you know, how this all factors into the high, right, that we kind of sometimes associate with CBD and and hemp, but also how does this differentiate itself from things like melatonin, which can be a more commonly used or understood sleep aid? Sure, great question. Um, So slumber right now um, has been for the last uh, three years now, primarily hemp-based. Um, so we're focusing on CBD, uh, CBN, cannabinol, which everybody's kind of heard of the big boom in 20, you know, 15, 2017 of CBD. Um, scientists have discovered over 100 different cannabinoids in the hemp plant, so one of which is with CBN. So I like to call it the, the sleepy sister to CBD. Mm. And it um, then you have THC, then which is also commonly known to be a lot more in the in, you know, intoxicating or mm-hmm. psychoactive properties of the, the hemp plants. Uh, so at CBN, we started with just CB, uh, at Slumber, we started with just CBN. Mm-hmm. Um, tinctures, gummy forms, capsule forms. And then we actually started to introduce CBD and a little bit of THC, mm-hmm. which is in our full spectrum blends, mm-hmm. to really go after uh, what my CEO calls as the rhino dart. So we looked at that and said, hey, if we're fighting acute pain mm. or if we're fighting someone actually waking up a lot more, we realized that having both THC, CBD, and CBN working together mm-hmm. created a really, really good uh, solution for us. Which totally makes sense because I know there's such a range in how people sleep to begin with, how quickly or easily it is to fall asleep, and then also how much pain you're dealing with. Because I know specifically CBD properties have been used for pain relief. So that makes sense. And I love that you have a lineup kind of for whatever people are looking for and what they feel comfortable with. That's right. And you mentioned uh, you mentioned melatonin. And I think melatonin is an interesting thing. I mean, melatonin in many parts of, of Europe is, is outlawed or needs a prescription, right? Mm. So it's not over the counter. And then it's kind of a free-for-all when it comes to the United States. Oh, here it's just like, I, oh. you can buy it off the right eye counter, no problem for kids, anything. Yeah, and it's a hormone. And that's a lot of people, and it's hard to kind of realize, like, your body naturally should be secreting melatonin. Mm-hmm. So, And that's those doses, realistically, you're, you're a proper dose of melatonin to start as, like, a precursor is, like, 0.03 micrograms. Oh, wow. So when you start dealing with larger gummies that are 5, 10, five, 15, yeah. That is a massive load to your system of mm. melatonin. Does it have a time and place? Sure. I will never sit here and be like, melatonin's horrible. 
jet lag symptoms. I will take melatonin during large points when we're developing a website or editing videos for a company mm. and I've been sitting in front of a screen. Mm. My blue light has depleted me pretty much fully my melatonin. Yeah, sure. I do need a reset every once in a while. No harm in that. But I think the overuse of it, realistically, when someone forgets it, mm-hmm. your body's used to now having a 5, 10x megadose per night of melatonin. Your body's going to then go do other things because sure. it's like, hey, here comes Alec. He's going to give me that pill at 930. Yeah, that's covered. Well, we're, we're good. Exactly. And I think realistically, at Slumber or any supplement company, the job is of that supplement company is not to keep you hooked on huge doses, but is ultimately mm-hmm. to titrate you back. Find that little zone mm-hmm. where you're waking up and you're not just obliterated or that morning grogginess. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things we love at Slumber is making sure that our customers actually are awake in the morning. Mm-hmm. They're not coming off these like, huge ambient or melatonin just draws mm-hmm. and you need two cups of coffee. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. I think it's a vicious cycle and, and I have struggled to sleep throughout my life. And so melatonin was, you know, something that started working for me a couple of years back. But I did notice that now all of a sudden I'm sleepy in the morning and mm-hmm. I can't get going and my brain isn't working quite the same way. So then I started to drink and I, I was not like a coffee morning person before that. And then I started to notice that I was like, I need to have a cup of coffee just to feel normal again. And sure. of course, is it really ever normal? No, of course not. You know, when you have a depressed antenna stimulant in your body, of course, you're not actually going to feel neutral, you know, or as clean as you possibly could. So it's it's been interesting to me that now the last year or two, people have been starting to kind of identify alternatives to melatonin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, alternatives to coffee as well, which is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think the routine, one of the biggest things is in all of our bodies, we have a, a clock, right? You know, mm-hmm. the, the circadian rhythm or the circadian clock. And I think as beautiful as technology is for our lives exposure to blue light netflix you know the iphone the the the, the death scroll of tiktok yep. or instagram or things like that you can watch this of course at night that's fine yeah but, i was like i was uh, like this the, there is such a balance and like i've been the nerd wearing uh uh thanks to dave asprey but like i will wear like red glasses or, or blue light, blue light glasses exactly yeah. if i'm traveling internationally i can't believe my wife actually still holds my hand in the airport do they but look I'm like, silly i'm wearing like jet red glasses <laughs> but the problem is I'm, I'm going through customs at one o'clock in the morning right my body should be asleep yeah and you're walking through an airport which is just getting bombarded with light oh yeah an artificial light no less yeah, and i'm like okay i have to get to my gate and i need to start sleeping on a plane to catch this at that point, yeah, I'm going to try to dodge as much blue light as possible. Mm-hmm. But the evening and morning routines, that light exposure or, or blue hour, right? When that light is, when the sun is just barely coming up, mm. getting that exposure is huge. So especially if you're groggy with melatonin, right? Walking outside. Yeah. And I'm, I'm known to just like put pants on shirtless and I'll walk outside and I'm going to stare. If sun's here, I'm going to stare just off to that mm. and just walk forward and try to get some light in my eyes yeah. before I crank caffeine and get my adrenaline moving. Yeah, I always notice that, you know, and and it's tricky, right? Because it depends on the time of year and it depends on where you live, but light hours can change so drastically yes. from the summer, fall, winter, especially. I notice, I'm, I'm a real sunshine person. So I notice when I'm not able to get access to sunlight until nine in the morning, yep. you know, do you have any tips or recommendations for those winter hours? That's, that winter hours, regardless of all, um, our life, uh, you know, when you go back into history for, you know, cavemen's and, and ancestors, their entire life was shifting differently where like during winter hours, right, they're not, their bodies are not producing or they're not using as much energy, right? The yeah. idea was to stay hunkered down. Mm-hmm. You've now picked your food and preserved it. Mm-hmm. 
our life stays the same, right? Your, yeah. your check-in at work is exactly the <laughs> yeah. same, whether it's dark or light outside. Yeah. So unfortunately, flipping those lights on, as much as it is nice to be in that like moody mornings and things like that, the problem is your your mind is still going to be in that slow side. So I do flip all the lights on and I actually have a little, a little sad lamp. Oh, yeah, um, I have one of those. I love those. seasonal affective disorder lamp. Yeah. And I will flip that on. And actually, um, when it's raining outside, I put that just shy of my computer or mm-hmm. near that and, and get hit with that for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. But naturally, turning as many lights on as possible in the house, although it is not the most comfortable feeling in the morning. Sure. You have to get it somehow. You still are getting those those spectrum rays in the morning in the fog. So even if it is overcast, you mm. live in Seattle, your time outside is just going to have to be prolonged. So oh, yeah. okay. in Southern California, we're blessed definitely to walk outside and get hit with a lot of light. Mm-hmm. If I was in a spot like Vancouver or Canada, my time outside, I'm still going to get the benefit of those rays. I'm just going to have to, you and I might be 10 or 15 minutes in Southern California. Mm. That might go into 35 or 40 minutes to get that much light. That makes sense. I want to come back to the blue light hour. Can you break that down a little bit? I've heard of, you know, things like golden hour and, you know, what exactly is blue light hour? Yeah, the blue hours. And that's so within um, within the light spectrum, there's the full spectrum right of lights on the tail end of these. We have, quote unquote, you know, blue hours. Mm. And uh, as much as I would love to dive into that, I don't personally know all the the beauty and the science behind it. But in those in those hours, your your body is going to respond differently when that light reaches through your eye and then into your brain. Mm. So if I were to walk out at noon, my clock is not going to register the exact same effect as the morning, right? So mm-hmm. I have to set that blue light. That's why blue light can disrupt the sleep mm. is realistically blue hour as that sun's going down and those light waves are changing. Mm. If I turn on Netflix at 11 o'clock or one o'clock in the morning and I can't sleep, I've now sent that blue light back into me. So then the clock is like, is the sun coming up? Are you sure? Right, or going down. I'm starting to peak back up, exactly. So then the clock starts to get disrupted. Which makes sense because whether it was, you know, it's now 8 p.m. or it's now 6 a.m., neither of those are accurate and neither of those are gonna help you go to sleep right away. That's right. And that's where melatonin, right, your body's naturally secreting that. So that's why taking those large doses tends to help people when they're blue light exposed. Mm-hmm. But again, you deal with morning brain fog, grogginess, things like that. Yeah, not to mention, like we were saying, tricking your body into thinking, oh, you know, I've got this melatonin thing covered so you don't have to produce right. your own. I remember even just a random example, but I remember when I was younger and it was cucumber melon lotion. If you are somebody who used cucumber melon lotion, like put it in the comments, but that was like all the rage when I was in middle school and it was like, you know, girls are slathering themselves with this lotion and I remember hearing that it's actually important to not over lotion your skin because then your skin is going to respond by saying oh okay well I guess we don't need to produce our own natural moisturizers anymore because we're receiving so much of that externally and I would imagine it sounds like this is the same kind of concept right that we want to be supplementing in a smart way not in an overreactive way yeah that's actually I've never actually created the parallel between lotioning <laughs> uh, melon lotion. and, and, and sleep but I, I do I do like that analogy yeah and I think that goes with all supplements is is having a heavy reliance on something. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to try to get it from food. You're going to want to try to get it from minerals, from soil, etc. So I want to ask about your sleep routine. Do you have like a whole setup, you know, 10-step process? You, it, I would imagine you know so much about sleep that it'd be tempting to kind of want to maximize and really biohack that entire experience. What does it all look like? 
My sleep routine is super religious for me. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so more um, than ten steps. <laughs> it is. It, well, it's. I have a, obviously I'm I'm married, so I'm not uh, trying to entertain anybody at this point. So, um, I have taken. I have been mouth taping. I believe my uncle about three years ago, who was a chronic snorer. Okay. And I was on a motorcycle trip with him in Utah, and I was like, I'm sharing a bed or sharing a room right. with my uncle. And he comes out of the bathroom and he has this little nose, this little mouse strip thing on. And he's like, I'm taping my mouth shut. It helps my snoring. And this was kind of before the big TikTok explosion. This is probably oh, almost yeah. three, year, three years ago at this oh, point. Oh, I just started hearing about mouth taping in the last year. Yeah, and he was doing only for snoring at that point. Um, and you know, he probably would have ended up divorced had he not figured out this mouth tape <laughs> sure. thing. So it works. So part of my routine that I brought into that has absolutely changed it is I will run a little bit of a, like a quinine silver nose spray um, uh-huh. to clear my nasal passages. And I will actually run after a, a full Zio or, you know, an Obaji uh, face routine, which is a totally different conversation. <laughs> but I will run a little bit of mouth tape. You know, on the market, you have hostage tape and mm-hmm. other brands out there. I think you have uh, Soma Fix or Somnium Fix. You have a couple of them out there. I have literally used a little bit of uh, gaffer's tape. I've used athletic tape. Wow. And I just run a little tiny bit on the lips. And I have moved to a, a breathe right. So I have a deviated okay. septum on my left side. That breathe right strip is fantastic, and I know mm. you see it, you know, trendy across Instagram. People will wear them all the time, but I will literally, working for a sleep company, I'll wear my breathe right till ten o'clock, eleven o'clock in the morning, and uh-huh. just be at my desk trying to bring as much oxygen through yeah. my nose. The uh, eye mask that I use, um, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Actually, it's a the Manta uh, mm. Manta sleep mask. Love that brand. I've been mm. putting that on. That's helped a lot. And then. Uh, earplugs. So it's earplugs, mouth tape, nose strip, and that has helped a lot. Summertime, the biggest thing and the biggest common misconception of when people say, well, oh, I want to s- sleeping warm is kind of cozy. That's, that sweet spot is about between 60 and 70 degrees, preferably like 65 degrees, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you To get dropping into that first stage of sleep, your body temperature actually lowers. Mm-hmm. So when you're hot, you know when people try to like kick out a foot or something yeah. like that? That's your body basically saying, hey, I'm trying to get to the sleep cycle, but I'm hot. And you yeah. almost get a little bit agitated. Absolutely. I totally do. Yeah. And that's your body's naturally trying to get in. So uh, companies like uh, Eight Sleep, right, with cooling mattresses, mm-hmm. or I have a chili, uh, like the Sleep.me, mm. which is moving cold water under you. Oh, cool. And that's amazing to be at 60 degrees at night, big down comforter, yeah. so you're cool, but yet warm at the same time has yeah. helped a lot. Yeah, that like perfect combination, right? Of having like a cool room or a cool mattress and then having like a big fluffy. I love it. Oh man. Nothing beats it. Nothing, nothing. nothing. Beats it, and so. what about a morning routine? So that goes back into that kind of that blue light and blue hour. I do try to, as best as I can, defer the caffeine for at least 90 minutes or so. Okay. Uh, or use a caffeine alternative. So mm-hmm. my number one goal with that is is rehydrate. So getting up in the morning getting up in the morning and you know that your body's gone through, you're, you're not waking up fully dehydrated, but mm-hmm. you haven't had water for eight to nine hours. You're technically, your cells are slightly deprived at that point. Yeah. Big glass of water and my job is to put my shoes on, may, maybe or not a shirt, and just in walk around the block. And I just try to tell my body, wake up, become yeah. alert, get some light, start moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about that, going back to that, that caveman analogy, Realistically, you know, you and I are not waking up in a cave like, like cuddled up. We're not brewing our French press and yeah. taking this long. We're like, okay, it's time to move. Let's check. Let's check the camp. Are we relocating? Yeah. Get the body in motion mm-hmm. every time. Yeah, absolutely. 
So let's talk about some of the other products that Slumber has developed, you know, ever since that launch in 2019. What are you excited about that's coming up in the next year or two? Yeah, so Slumber is, we really are looking at not just how to amplify Slate, but we really want to be a company that can can take care of everybody. Being a hemp company, there's still a little bit of stigma and some federal legalization around it. So mm-hmm. our THC products have the ability, obviously, for people to fail a drug test. That's possible. Mm-hmm. We have CBN isolate products, which are fine on drug tests, and that's mm-hmm. more than fine for people in, in active duty or things like that. Mm-hmm. However, we we know that there's still a stigma to that. So mm-hmm. we are actively working on, we're, we're actually going to launch this very, very soon, which is a, what we call a functional ingredient. So this mm-hmm. is a non-hemp product. We're bringing together some really, really nice ingredients, one of which is actually going to be an incredibly 0.03 micrograms of melatonin. Oh, wow. Microdosing yep. melatonin. Just just a touch. And then we're going to start moving into reishi mushrooms. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're using some of those uh, mushrooms and fungi to actually start to help the body relax. And then there's a couple little secret proprietary things there as well. Wow. The mushroom ingredients we're not just bringing into our evening routines, but we're going to bring them into our daytime. Mm. Uh, so we just recently launched one of our sister companies, a uh, cordyceps. Um, energy mushroom gummy mm. and then we brought together a little bit of b complex and aquamines to help rehydrate the cells in the body mm-hmm. so we're really looking at wellness as a full scope mm-hmm. but one of the things that we're excited with these daytime products because stress and anxiety hits you sleep and in the day but when you reach for a celsius energy drink or you reach for like a huge can of something that's cranked with caffeine and taurine yeah that half-life of caffeine is 12 hours you're you're you got time in your system. So we're really working on how do you give energy, something that can help relieve stress in the afternoon without actually hindering your sleep. Yeah, I mean, that's the million dollar question. I always wonder about that. You know, I'll typically have that morning cup of coffee, but then I always notice that that like two, three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm tempted to reach for some caffeine because I'm like, well, I'm tired. I'm kind of going into that like afternoon siesta feeling, but I know that if I have a cup of coffee that that's gonna impact my sleep. It's it's almost a sure, it's a sure switch. Um, it's going to be in your system no matter what. Mm-hmm. That little afternoon hack is, is you have yoga nidra, right? You, you know, you can YouTube any of those sessions. That little 30 minutes is actually pretty interesting. Like you can have some, your lunch, that 30 minute gap, especially going back to that eye mask, mm. you can flip that eye mask on. It's really just allowing your, your, you have so much going on in mm-hmm. your synapses in your brain at one time when you're working. I mask it 30 minutes, earplug, and say, hey, I'm taking 30 minutes of me time just to reset. Mm-hmm. Works wonders. Um, and it works like a little bit of a cup of coffee, if you will. Yeah. If those are fortunate enough to get exposed to a cold plunge, drop in, right? Like get cold. In the afternoon. Crank a cold shower in the afternoon. Okay. It almost works as good as a cup of coffee. It puts your body into a bit of fight or flight. And you're rocking. And you don't have the like weird buzzy feeling. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I hope you're loving this episode. If you are interested in learning more about Slumber, be sure to check them out. And also, if you want to give it a try, we have a coupon code for you. It's Blissy30 for 30% off. Please let us know, too, if you want to see any specific guests or hear about any topics. We would love to hear from you and what you're interested in learning about here on the Blissy experience. Also, if you haven't had a chance yet to check out the Blissy silk pillowcases, you've got to try these things. They're absolutely a game changer for your sleep, for your beauty routine, and even for your guys' beauty routine. So be sure to check it out. Coming back to the episode, I want to ask you, Alec, about sleep myths. I know this is something that in your research journey, you have been really fascinated, I'm sure, by a lot of the things that we kind of understand or think we understand about sleep that turn out to not be true. So what are the the ones that come to mind? Mm. 
I think one of the first ones, especially coming out of my 20s, was the the myth that uh, a glass of wine or alcohol calms me down and help, it helps me get to sleep. That was mm. like an old fable that I've always heard from my grandfather and things like that. It's like, oh, that little little bit of whiskey calms me down before mm. bed. It's 100% not true. <laughs> so, um, not only does alcohol uh, have the ability to create an insulin spike in the middle of the night, you have high sugar with most alcohols. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much something that's going to affect out of all the important things happening, alcohol is pretty much going to rock most of those aside. Mm. So it's, again, never saying you not to drink always, but it's just a mindfulness. And it's saying yeah. like, hey, the more alcohol you put, especially later in the day, it's going to have a direct correlation, not just to your sleep, but your overall health for sure. So, And I think it's so important to remember that sleep isn't just about falling asleep. It's about staying asleep and it's about having and maintaining a really deep sleep. I noticed that same thing with alcohol that, you know, in my 20s, it was like, oh, if I have some wine that I notice that I'm able to kind of just relax, close my eyes and fall asleep. But then my sleep throughout the evening, you know, throughout the whole night was never as good. No, no. And that's some people do actually wear like a glucose monitor and they'll actually watch the effect of that in the middle oh, of the night. Wow. I have not gotten to that type of level yet. But uh, no, there is an absolute correlation. And okay. uh, as much as I used to cuddle up, it's again, it's just awareness to the fact that that's going to disrupt something. You can counteract those things a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Magnesium would be one of those that I would recommend, like if there is alcohol in your system, mm-hmm. obviously not taking magnesium with alcohol, mm-hmm. but you can push that. I Right now I'm taking bio-optimizers, magnesium, and that's been super, super helpful. But mm-hmm. I'll push that, you know, 500, something 600 milligrams sometimes. Mm-hmm. I would recommend titrating and dosing into that realm but even 350 milligrams of magnesium that tends to help me if i know i have alcohol in my system Mm -hmm. it's just personal Mm -hmm. but i know that it's going to get it's going to help so would your routine be that you have alcohol just earlier in the evening and then later on is when you take the magnesium yeah my from a health side would never to be have alcohol if (laughs) you're having fun with friends no matter what um yes i would probably bring that in as early as possible Mm -hmm. and that's also just really given the fact that it's going to have a sugar content so Mm -hmm. my wife has really taken fancy to uh the white wines that are like sugar free or the fit wines or something what they're calling that is an interesting substitute it's still alcohol but it's mm-hmm. it's pulling back the tablespoon of sugar which mm-hmm. is your average per dose in alcohol yeah so it's probably something to look at yeah for sure. okay so we know the alcohol myth has been busted what else yeah. probably on the funnier side would be um <laughs> swallowing massive amounts of spiders during your life <laughs> yes. i think it was like an average of seven per year all i know is like growing up in the 90s i don't know if this is every Terrified. generation but like growing up as a 90s kid it was like oh you definitely are swallowing you know 40 spiders by the time you die 100 i would always like look at my ceiling i'm like where are they coming from and right. then i'm like how am i not waking up in the middle of the night why are they so drawn to being to just swallowed yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, during the summertime i will say having windows open i have had like the mosquito that like for some oh, reason yeah. in your ear but no it is it is a myth that people are just nightly or weekly swallowing spiders <laughs> on large quantities uh, for sure so i think one of the things too given the fact that we're coming out of the summer right now is no one wants to fall asleep hot so mm-hmm. they will take a cold shower before bed mm. and that was one of those myths that has happened where it's like oh i'm gonna cool the body before bed your body has to reach a level of equilibrium on your temperature so you you take the cold shower your body's now actually gonna have to lift the temperature and then it has to slowly, oh. gradually bring the body temperature back down 
anyways. You're saying you can't force it into that temperature. Lukewarm is better. Yeah, some people try to force a freezing shower. Your body's going to naturally have to bring it back up and then drop that temperature anyways. It's like, I got this. This is my job. It's my, yeah, it's it's the body's job. Light sheet, <laughs> let the body do its thing. Obviously, if you're, you know, have the ability to have AC or a fan, that's always yeah. helpful. So there is, I know, great benefits to cold showers or cold plunges in general, but you're saying not right before bed. Yeah, I would, I would definitely not advocate for a, a cold plunge before bed um given the fact that I mean, you you are going to spike cortisol it's there's there may be some science that i'll have to look into that but it's that is definitely something i'm going to leave towards my morning or afternoon routine mm -hmm. is the cold plunge usually you want what's the beauty of that cold plunge is that that morning splash or afternoon splash cortisol spikes up your blood flow has now centered around your heart and then it's just going to blast out to your appendages great thing to have in the middle of the day for focus and for mood mm -hmm. that's not something i want to be trying to cozy up in bed after a throttle of uh, 39 degree water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. <laughs> what are your like go-to tips for people who are, maybe they have kind of decent sleep, but they wanna feel better generally just during the daytime. They wanna of course have the optimal sleep that they possibly can, but I know there's so many things that you can do, you know, your 10 step nightly routine. Where should someone start? Yeah, I think, for the easiest part is just be be open to trying new things, which is mm -hmm. super, super important. And then if you can track some things, there's a lot of free apps, mm -hmm. whooping, uh, you know, Whoop and Aura being paid options, there's a lot of free apps that at least track the sound so you can get a sense of like how disturbed you might be at, at night yeah. uh, rolling around. But the biggest thing for me is just being mindful to try new things, uh, yeah. whether that's new pillowcases, whether that's a knee pillow, whether that's trying slumber, be mindful. And don't be afraid to be a nerd. It's okay to be a little weird at night. It's um, awesome to be you're not trying to impress anybody. I know I'm not trying to impress anybody with with mouth tape and earplugs and things like that. Something my wife has gotten used to. Maybe she's into it. We don't know. Yeah, you never know. Everybody's got their thing. Um, but I think that's for me. It's those are little tiny steps. Um, the other myth is interesting. Where it's kind of strange for me where parents will keep night lights on for children. Ah. Any form of light on in your room has an effect, right? So if you have the ability to not to shut your blinds, but get blackout curtains, right? Yeah. And eye mask is a great hack for that. So, but darken the room, right? Mm. As, as much as nice to have like little night lights on or things like that, try to darken those as much as possible yeah. um, and try to prevent any, any form of light. Like your eyes and your brain is just a, it's a, one of the most, mysteries of the planet of how the body works mm. and they're just sensors that pick up everything mm -hmm. shut it down go mm -hmm. dark allow the body mm -hmm. to know it's time to sleep well something that i find so fascinating is that our eyelids were not designed to be blackout curtains right our eyelids i mean that cannot be accidental you know our biology our physiology is so incredibly powerful and so well designed and well evolved that i think there's a reason that we can still see light coming in right mm -hmm. for that circadian rhythm that when the sun rises it's time to wake up and so it's important that our brain is able to receive some of that light and Agreed. so nowadays obviously we have all these artificial lights not only the overhead lights but things like charging your phone you know does that emit any light a night light you know i know sometimes charging my laptop there's a tiny little light green light that comes out of it and i notice that that can actually you know come through the eyelids to our eyes and to our brains with without question i think there's probably a little uh, prehistoric protection too where you can kind of see a little shadow there might be sure. some security elements to that yeah. that have been coding us and the easiest hack of all is like have some device free time 
mm-hmm. um, totally fine. Turn off, turn off Netflix, turn off the time. Have, especially like for parents that have kids, drop the tablets and the devices have a have like a written like book in your hands yeah <laughs> have a story time or just ask people about their day like allow the body to slowly relax i know it's a yeah. trend to like plug your iphone in somewhere else like we've yeah. gotten used to them having being an alarm clock move it it's totally yeah. fine if you have to get up early put it upstairs or put it in the hallway mm-hmm. allow the body to realize that there is time away from a device yeah calm the body yeah, some th- something that we've adopted recently is even if you feel like, you know, sometimes I'll be reading up on notes that I need for the next day or looking at my my schedule, we've started to print those things out on mm. actual physical paper so that we don't have to rely on a screen because I feel like we're so used to having access to literally everything That's in right. our lives and even if they're good, valuable, important things to be looking at even at night, it's important to be able to have the option to not have it on a screen. I love that you guys print it um because that's and that's it's only so what you're school, looking I at. love it yeah and i think what's there's a unique correlation between the device you know for you know it's email it's a text message it's a phone call it's slack it's all these notifications we've linked now the device to it to our bodies but it's also a point of stress and mm-hmm. what i always like to use the term like there is no tiger right so that slack message or that email from your boss causes a stress response (laughs) yeah but it's not a tiger but your body doesn't know your body doesn't know no your body's like i'm being chased by a cybertooth tiger i'm now in fight or flight i'm creating cortisol like scary and it's like no that's someone needing their logo color changed or an email (laughs) drafted differently it's not a tiger it can go away it can chill. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's like fancy bougie boxes apparently that you can. Oh, I've seen the boxes. Lock things. Yeah. yeah. And they they sound archaic, but at the end of the day, like it's discipline and it's okay to yeah. unplug. And I think it's okay to admit that those things can be helpful to us. You know, that it's like, that's not just for, oh, you know, kids, we have to take their video games away because they're not able to discipline themselves. We are all just big kids. Yeah. We are all, you know, vulnerable to things like addiction. We're all vulnerable to things like time passing and not realizing how much time we're spending on things. So I actually think it's a really beautiful thing to acknowledge that and I think be empowered by that awareness in order to put tools into place that can only help us live better, healthier, more productive, happier lives. Everything in life is a moderation. You know, it's always it's yes. always a balance. There's a great YouTube and maybe we can add it to the, the short sh- uh, show notes later, but um, it was a gentleman who turned, you have the, the sunset mode on your iPhone, mm. and he actually uses a um, accessibility setting to really darken the reds and the contrast. Ah. And I've been doing that on my phone, and I set it to the, to the three clicks of the button, and it goes like really, really dark. Mm. And that has been awesome, because when I do look at my phone at night, if I have to, I'm like peering it through this dark red, red, orange yeah. screen. So I, I, I feel less guilty. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. it helps. For yeah. Sure. Anything that helps. Yeah. You know? What other tips do you have if people are kind of wanting to maybe explore some slumber? Where should they start? Uh, so slumbercbn.com, great place to start. Um, one of the things gummies are all the rage, of course, right now with all supplements. I mean, but whether you're oil, tincture, gummy, we have pretty much anything there. Customer service is really, really responsive to any questions at support at slumbercbn.com. I personally, if you're okay with uh, a fuller spectrum blend with CBN, CBD, and a little bit of THC, and when I mean a little bit, this is just a dusting. This is not, you're not going to a Grateful Dead concert or a fish yeah. concert. <laughs> this is just a touch. And that to me, you can titrate in with half a gummy and work into that. Uh, if not, if you're more oil, we have then uh, those to try too. So one thing that we're really focused on is we're a 30-day money-back guarantee just 
hard line on it. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. It's every there is no one trick pony. Mm-hmm. If you try it and you want to use all twenty nine days for it, we'll still give your money back on day thirty. Like we Love want it. you happy, and that sleep is just one of those things. Like we want to make sure that product works for you. Mm-hmm. We're really transparent on our ingredients and where it sources. So mm-hmm. it's a beautiful journey and, and walk through it. And if you have the ability to spend a little extra money on tracking it, mm-hmm. and I, you, know, you, you can't hack it if you can't track it, mm. that little bit of data really, really does help. Yeah. Sure. And I love that. The kind of the, the main takeaway for me, I think, is just empowering yourself with awareness and knowledge yeah. about where your sleep currently is so that then you can make choices based on that. Hundred percent. Now we're. I think as humans, we're entering a bit of a wellness revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, there is places where you have to be careful. Where there's snake oil, or there's claims that are not true. Yeah. Always go back to the basics. Do your homework. Mm-hmm. Ask ask questions. Um, yeah. And then and look at reviews too. I understand yeah. that you know Slumber just has real social proof that this is working well for people. Yeah. We went. You know. There's always that odd gap in the in the direct consumer markets. Like, are these real reels? Are these not? So we actually kind of. We have amazing reviews, but we push those aside and said, hey, let's actually do a sleep study. Mm-hmm. So we've we've initiated two. Um, first one was a 100-person sleep pathfinder study. Mm-hmm. The second one was 200 people. And we literally ran them through a full 21 days, seven days without slumber, uh, 20 days with slumber. And then they had an app. They had to drive direct feedback. So it's as close as possible to us not doing a clinical trial, but like an actual pathfinder study. Yeah. And the results were fantastic. We had 82% of people responded back that they uh, helped them, the deep Z gummies helped them stay asleep. Mm. 80% responded back that it helped them get to sleep. And then 70% plus that it was better than any sleep aid else that they've tried. Wow. So we basically just pushed it out and said, hey, we're going to run this study, whether it comes back positive or negative, yeah. we cross our fingers, so we're not building in a vacuum. And we were blown away by the results. I mean, that goes back to the knowledge is power, right? If you're trying to help people, it needs to be based on real data. Yeah. Don't trust. Don't trust the guy of the podcast. (laughs) Trust actual data. Look how it's studied. Mm -hmm. And it's I love doing stuff like that. So are these studies linked on the slumber website? They are. We have a science section on the websites you can navigate to. And then we're about to publish a much larger research paper from Mm -hmm. when we just finished last month. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if you had one takeaway that you wanted the viewers to have from today, what would it be? I, I would say that if you do anything in life is try to prioritize your sleep. Um, at the end of the day, like I think everybody right now is focusing on mindfulness and they're focusing on routine and they're focusing on product, uh, practicing gratitude and journaling. All of those things are great. But if you're doing them sleep deprived, they they feel like a chore. Mm-hmm. So I look at sleep as that foundation level where you get to build mm-hmm. aspects of gratitude, aspects of journaling, meditation, mm. all those things I think built. Sleep is the absolute foundation mm-hmm. to build good, healthy practices on top of that. I love that. Well, thank you again so much. I've learned so much. I'm genuinely so fascinated. And honestly, I feel really empowered from this conversation, just knowing that that knowledge is power. Again, this is Alec Tremaine with Slumber. I hope that you loved this episode as much as we did. And I hope you have a chance to check out both Slumber and, of course, Blissey to be improving your sleep better and better over time because you absolutely deserve it. Let us know in the comments if there's any guests or topics or questions that you want us to explore. And of course, be sure to like and subscribe because we absolutely love having you as part of our community. Thank you for watching. This has been the Blissy Experience. I'm your host, Ariana, and we'll see you on the next episode.